1: This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. One gulp of coffee and we're ready to go. One gulp is all I need. Let's see what I've got here. Hoi Ve, hoi vey, what a day. <laughs> I know, I know I had a plan, folks. I had a plan. We were going to do, uh, we we're going to start off our fundraising marathon. We put it off two days, so. Never mind, never mind. Uh, the truth is that I'm lousy when it comes to raising money, but I'm going to try to be better this year. I'm going to try to do a better job of it. My engineer, Veronica Faisant, is going to help me. But today, just to get started, just to get started, today is September the 16th, 2008. And, uh you know, uh you can subscribe if you're in the mood. <laughs> I was thinking, I'll ask Gary in the phone room, maybe we can give away some of my books this year, if that's not too self-aggrandizing, but, uh, today I had meant to talk about all the reasons why KPFA listeners should subscribe to this public radio station, you know, uh, Vox Populi, Pro Bono Publica for the public good, you know, um, uh the public thing. The social contract. Uh <laughs> nobody seems to know what what we're talking about. All they talk about is the market. Now anyway. That's what we're supposed to do here. We're supposed to keep the store open, you know, for progressives. Um, make the world safe for satire, make money funny. That's my new mantra this week. Make money funny. I found some Gertrude Stein pieces I'm going to use over the marathon period. Uh, (laughs) Gertrude had a little money, so she could think it was funny. But the facts, the um, uh, truth staring us in the face is that the economic disaster of this moment is pretty scary. You know, bits of the sky falling on our heads every moment. Every time I look up, wham, you know. You remember the song from the late, great Malvina Reynolds? You know, you think you've hit bottom. Oh, no, there's a bottom below. There's a low below the low, you know. You think you've hit bottom. (laughs) Oh, no. Ah, Molly Ivins said it years ago. She said, you have got to laugh or you will go insane. Lily Tomlin said, she said, no matter how cynical you get, it is impossible to keep up. <laughs> Every time I try to to listen to the folks who pretend to analyze things, you know, interpret the news. All I get is stupidity on stilts. My favorite, my favorite image these days. So I, I visualize my parents, God bless them. Uh, Mother died in 47. My father died in 1961. I visualize these people from an earlier century. And I see the look on their faces if they could hear what's going down today. Anyway, all we see is pundits and politicians choking on cliches, their hands clutching their cue cards. The rule is don't drop the script stay on message and whatever you do don't say anything uh you know the word poverty is anathema uh what was that uh you know the line about if one woman told the truth about her life the world would split open it's getting to where it has to come uh, from some comedian some wise crack uh from left field that's usually the thing that opens up the uh <laughs> yes, I was say Sarah's line about the lipstick. Um that's the only thing that penetrates this fog. Uh, terms like rich and poor have become completely meaningless. I accept the idiocy of uh rhetoric campaign uh, talk, but you know, how to a point, but the two candidates leading the race, the two guys at the top, of course, they've only got, what is it, seven weeks. They have to attempt to be all things to all voters. So, of course, they are not free to say a damn thing. At this stage, uh, you know, people get fed up and throw up their hands and reach out to third-party candidates, uh but as I keep saying, yammering, um, Lonnie Guineer is the expert on this. Uh You know, uh, we can't do anything about third parties until we have instant runoff voting, uh proportional representation, you know. Third party choices are completely useless. They're off the charts. At the presidential level, third parties are for grassroots candidates. That's where the work needs to be done. You know, fold them into the... Two larger parties, the big tent stuff. Uh, progressives, I think, um, you know, need to work at uh, state level. We know all this stuff, but most people still just react. You know, they have reactionary feelings, uh, even if they think of themselves as revolutionaries. Uh. The presidency is an either-or situation at this point. You know, it's worth five minutes of your time to analyze, you know, which one of these guys is (laughs) the least lethal, least lethal, right. Uh, uh, I'm for the folks who want to reform the electoral system. It can be done. You can get honest national elections, but it's going to take a popular revolution, and it has to go state by state, and it's going to be... Such a long process, I kind of don't think I'll be around for it. Uh, Gore Vidal keeps saying that we need to have another constitutional convention. I don't think this is the moment. Our civic structure is so shaky today, this social contract or this public thing, uh, you know, that ancient ideal of a republic, it's in such deep, Yogurt, you know, the lurch to the right since Ronald Reagan in 1980 uh, through the through the what is it 28 years since we've had just a few pauses, you know. Once Clinton got in, he was surrounded, Newt Gingrich, and so forth. You remember years ago, Richard Nixon uh, got us Jimmy Carter, but always the little little. Step to the left uh is only a side step. The underlying force is with the right with the uh, 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 uh the mean guys um all Bill Clinton could do was hold the fort and uh he did drop the ball a couple times. The current right wing candidate, this John McCain. Several of my friends kind of liked him, you know. I remember uh, back in 2000, but um, he's acting with such awesome irresponsibility. I have to say, I'm shocked. I I'm always shocked when <laughs> big daddies, you know, are are so what is the word? Um, so desperate. He he had to compete with this. Uh, this Barack guy, you know, because no one was coming to John's speeches. And somebody whispered in his ear and said, well, there's this Sarah Palin, this girl, you know, uh, 72 years old, and uh, John McCain, a man uh, my age, uh, he got so frightened. He got so scared. He just, what's the word for that? Uh, he decided to box the compass. He said, "Okay, you know, you want a woman? I'll give you a pistol back and mama. I'll shake 'em up." I thought today it might be fun to try uh to try to talk about what we could do to fix things. Uh I brought with me a piece about all the attacks on uh, Barack Obama, you know, they've written a book called The Obama Nation, say it very quickly and you get the joke. The Obama Nation. It's a book by a guy called Jerome Corsi. And uh he's the guy who did the Swift Boat thing for on uh John Kerry. He's uh, the current what is it? The current demon and uh I was going to tell you about that. First of all, though, I think before I get into the the sad stuff, the bad stuff, I'd like to make a list. I thought we'd open the phones today and ask people what they think might help. That is, if you could do one thing, you know, before noon tomorrow or before, before noon on Friday, you know, what is the one thing that you could do today that just might help change the world and I made a list of things under the heading of uh, race and gender but (laughs) what was it my students used to say well we'll all get tea colored and then um, all the men will go to the women and just surrender and the women will tell them what to do and that will solve the race and gender issues and (laughs) <laughs> we can all go home and have a beer. But I did make a long list. Uh I think what I will do is I will ask my engineer, Veronica Faison, my uh my what is that? Uh my cheerleader in there. <laughs> I'm gonna ask Veronica to give us a little oh, just a little um A little change music, you know, something to march to, something for the saints to go marching into, what do you think? Phone lines, Veronica. Open some phone lines and see if we can get people to call KPFA. The number here is in the five and dime area code, five one zero, and it's eight four eight forty five twenty two. Isn't that right? Right, Jennifer. You know we have Robert already. Or you have somebody on the phone. Oh, of course. He's got a pro- answer to all of our problems for change. Robert. What is on, it, camera? Robert?
2: Well, Jennifer Howell, I wouldn't say answer to all the problems, but there's one thing that I could do, and let's see what's in the context of at least our United States, is that the one thing I would do with help is to, I would turn off the television, get people to read and learn how to think critically again. That's the one thing that I would do.
1: There you go. That would be my vote. Turn off the TV. But, you know, Robert... Um it hurts to think, and it just, you know, gives people kind of an ache, and then, <laughs> then yeah, they, I know. they get know. this headache, you know, and then then they have to think twice. They have to turn the information over another time, you know, like
2: yeah, you know, but I I I, I kind of listen to you because I it's like listening to the old scholars. We don't even have that anymore. The scholarship that
1: oh bless you. you. Know,
2: I, I really, I, you know, I'm 54. I came out of the 70s, but I, I missed that. I missed the. Uh, a scholarship. So, let's turn on Jennifer Stone, man, let's hear some scholarship, you know? That's let's hear so some kind of you. Let's hear some discussions revolving around literature. You I can't get that anymore.
1: Well, that's the only place, you know, Ishmael Reed was on the other station the other day, and he's talking about, you know, going to literature to find solutions, and I have this little book called How the Irish Saved Civilization. It's about, you know, how the Irish. Yeah, i read that i read Wasn't that yeah. cute how the monks yeah. took took the old books and they just you know there weren't any cities in ireland they just took them to those little uh, stone huts and just kept yeah. copying the books over and over again you know that's exactly that's exactly. the way lately i feel like you know where do we go uh, to do where do we go to join the underground and hang on to the little bits of information you know that we're going to need when the world wakes up again
2: well, you know, as in that movie, was it by, I think, it Orson Welles' Time Machine or Time Travel? You know, as we move forward in, in time, you know, we ended up going full circle. You know, we're in yep. eight thousand A.D., but we're still living in huts. We had to till the land. So we may not necessarily end up in a technological society as much as we end up technologically self-destructing and having to go back to tilling and reading exactly. and writing.
1: Yeah, you got it. A little uh, dirt farming. I think, uh, was it, um, was it somebody said it's always a spiral. The Irish is a spiral. Um, You never get anywhere. I don't see any, you know, need to get anywhere. That's linear thinking. But it's, what is that? The the world, what is it? Uh, History doesn't repeat itself. Just the people do you know, and by the time people have figured out something, you know, it seems to be too late to matter, and the next generation has to thrash through all that emotional stuff and, you know, come up with the answer all over again, you know. I'm sure that, what is it, people were just as wise, what is it, uh, 12,000 years ago, um, maybe a little wiser, you know, but how to, what's the word, how to... To get people to act on what they know—that's the ticket. When I was a schoolgirl in the fifties, they used to tell us. They said, "Well, you know," said, um, uh, "You know, uh, if you have an insight, you see, your behavior will change." And I don't think that's the way it's working out. I, you know, it isn't working out for me. But never mind. We we mustn't let Jennifer do all the talking. She does that all the time. Let's see if we get another call here. You got another call for me, dear? I'm going to I'm going to read off my list of things to do to change the world. You got somebody in there? My phone my phone isn't working, sweetie. It's Emmy. Emmy. Yes, Jennifer. Hi Emmy, I know you. Uh, I have what I think is a very practical suggestion. It won't do anything about Race, but I think it could do wonders for gender. Give every male over the age of six an eight week old puppy okay um, okay some it, it, nurturing some well I, I think it will um revise his uh world view little empathy the other day a friend of mine was asking about a child who's a idiot you know the check and i said well does it have any animals and they said oh no too much trouble you know i mean i right. rabbit, you'd have to change the cage you know right better to have a pet rock right they're not willing to have anything in the house that you know uh, has functions uh right. nature <laughs> I don't know. Carry on, Jennifer. Yeah, you know, can you remember, I remember Beatrix Potter's books. uh, There she was living in London in a great big Victorian house, and she had 18 different animals, and the family put up with it, you know. She had everything from mice to big animals, but... And look look how she was inspired. Oh, yes, she gave, what is it, more land to the British people, the farmlands, uh she's the what is it the greatest ecologist among the uh, children's book people i i was thinking the other day yeah uh, how we could do something like that uh we used to take the the little critters home from school over the weekend but you know more and more we you're right with just pet rocks we have to have virtual pets uh they they have now robot pets i see them you know they you plug them in you know uh, maybe they're better than nothing, but I kind of I kind of think we need something, you know, that has a a, a digestive system, <laughs> so that people know, you know. Anyway, have we got anybody else on the telephone in in there, Veronica? We have Elaine. Elaine. Is that you, Jennifer? That's me. Oh, I just love you. Oh, well, thank you, dear. I love dear. your show. I love thank your you. supportive women. I just I was driving to the bank and all of a sudden I heard you were taking phone calls and I just turned around all the way home. Now, what's the question, what can we do? What's, to, if you could just do one thing, you know, besides give all your money to, to Amnesty International or something. Well, what I'm doing is I do a television show called Women's Spaces in Sonoma County. Okay. And I'm calling for a new women's movement. And the new okay. women's movement is is that we wear T-shirts that say, I did not raise my child to kill another woman's child. There you go and what 's very interesting is is that we have to look at how we kill children with no health care improper education, you know, this horrible, horrible television that they're put in front of for hours and hours, and, of course, wars. And I get so tired of hearing, I mean, it's not that I don't want my sisters to have equal pay, I really, but, you know, we are voting yeah. women into office that are supporting war. I know, it's one uh, funny, I I um, remember somebody saying, well, you just want to be men, and I said, well, no, 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 that isn't the point. I thought the men would want to do what the women do, as you say, you know, like um, the woman who just called a minute ago, Emmy, talking about giving children a puppy so that uh, little boys, so they would learn how to nurture and have some empathy. You know, I, I remember in the beginning of the women's movement, we saw some of the guys, you know, going around with babies on their backs. And I thought, oh, great, somebody's going to help us, you know. We'll have some share here. But, of course, what has happened is that uh, women are just talking economics. Um. We have Daniel waiting. Oh, Daniel, what's up, Daniel? Well,
0: um, uh, in response to uh, your question, if there was one thing that I could do, it would be to get. Uh, and you know, it's not that I feel that that um, uh, either campaign is presenting to us, uh, how shall I say, you know, wonderful ideal candidates. But you know, those are always our choices, or between the bad and the truly. God off.
1: of <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Okay. So now, uh, so with that thought in mind, um, I would uh, like to have the ear of whoever runs Obama's campaign and have him say, "Okay, you know, just a one-liner. Okay, mm-hmm. are you better off today
1: than you were eight <laughs>
0: years ago? If so, by all means." vote for McCain-Palin.
1: Yeah. If that...
0: not, okay, get on board. Okay, and then, after, you know, uh, mm-hmm. success there, then the very first thing that should, should take place after the uh, inauguration is that there should be a presidential uh, presentation before the United Nations, broadcast in every way possible all around the world, mm-hmm uh in which for the first time an empire, because that's what of course the United States is yeah. and it's only the latest in a yeah. long string, okay, huh. yeah. um, said, Okay, time to come clean. All right. You know, we have trashed all of it, you know blah 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 blah. blah. We didn't invent it. We just took it exponentially mm-hmm. to a whole new level. Okay. But we have seen the error of our ways, <laughs> and you know, don't don't take us by our word. Give mm-hmm. us, you know, give us a uh, a week, and at the end of the week, if it seems like you know, give us another week, and at the end of that, you know, maybe two weeks, and the end of that a month, at the end of that maybe a quarter, at the end of, you know, et cetera, et cetera, up to a a fifty year plan. Because I figure that with real leadership, okay, mm-hmm. over fifty years, we might actually be able to not only undo the disastrous you know results of the last uh, 40 years but with all the new technologies that are coming online, we might actually be able to make this world a better place for everybody. Yeah, so well, that's my I, plan.
1: Yeah, well, there's no place like Rome. And I, th- <laughs> I think, you know, the Romans in the late, late period tried a couple of times to fix things. And, you know, there are points in history where things can take a different turn. They don't have to go, what is it, spiraling out of shape. Everybody keeps telling me that we're, we're doomed and we're going the way of... The fascists, but I think maybe uh, you know. I think maybe we've got a long period of decompression. I think of the British Empire. You know how they managed to take keep taking a step back. It's hard to imagine what it would be like, but if you look around with all the new technology, I made a list of all of the so-called causes. Um, said Emily's list. Early money is like yeast. Um, a woman asked me the other day where to send her money. And I said Planned Parenthood, and she said, no, 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 it has to be politics first. So she picked Emily's list, and, you know, the people who have the big heart say Amnesty International. Um, Frankly, I don't understand why people give money to political parties, but I guess it is necessary. I I know why they give money to KPFA Radio. Jennifer, uh, speaking of KPFA, Shoki's waiting. Shoki, what you got for us? Well, this is pretty radical, and it's going to take 18 years. But as queen of the world, I dictate that there will be no more male circumcision um, in hospitals because I think that screws up guys. Am I on the air? Yes, you are, dear. The um, American um, Pediatric Association would give you arguments both ways. Um, Okay. Yeah, but it's an interesting idea. I think any mutilation of human beings is probably a bum idea. Uh, Yeah, especially so young, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was looking here at my list of support groups for women, my favorite Speaking of, um, well, yeah, all of the the groups that are trying to eradicate female genital mutilation, the uh, sole murder of women who have their entire genital equipment removed, 100 million of them. Uh, oh, and in our country, Jane Fonda's group down in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia, believe it or not, um, Jane's at the head of the march, uh, it's a Planned Parenthood thing. She's working for Your Reproductive name? Rights for Women. Who else have we got on the okay, phone? I might get you in, um, but... If, if Who you if got? You do, you know, you'll have to make it quick, okay, but, uh, Richard? Okay, hold on, okay? Who you got? Richard? Oh, 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 oh. hello. We got Richard? <laughs> uh, actually, no, we have David right now. David? Yes. Hi, David. What can you do to save the world by Tuesday? Um,
2: yeah. Um I think uh community based parenting education is a go. good idea. Yeah. And but not uh not for parents. I think that uh I think it's really hard to to um to change the change the behavior of adults. I think it would I think we'd be more successful
1: communicating
2: uh best parenting behaviors and practices to young people. Absolutely. Teach kids, teach kids best parenting behaviors and practices, and that way they'll be prepared for the responsibilities of adulthood when they become parents.
1: Did you see that wonderful experiment where they gave the kids, you know, like a five-pound sack of flour or something and said, this is your new baby, and they had to carry it around with them and take care of it for for weeks. Uh, The best place... There are a few high
2: schools that are doing that sort of thing, but that's basically... Pregnancy prevention.
1: Yeah, it's a start. But there's a group called Bananas, if they're still active locally, that I used to work with years ago. And it's the sort of scene where... Most of us who were single moms remember periods when we thought we were going to go nuts and we were going to do some damage. And to have somebody to call, you know, to be able to call up bananas and say, please, I need some help, come and help me, at least for emergencies. You know, the creative stuff comes later, but we do need a, what do you call that, a hotline. Okay, Jennifer, Richard's here, and he promises to be quick. Hi, Richard. How are you?
2: I would outlaw the use of strollers. For any child beyond the age of one, and that's stretching it.
1: <laughs> the little, little uh, monarchs, I think you mean. the
2: <laughs> use of strollers, amongst many other things, that's part of the laundry list, uh-huh. but uh, it's as lethal to the development of a child as any kind of toxin or anything that we are breathing in, ingesting, taking in, knowingly or unknowingly. And I think it's just... It's
1: rather sick. Okay, Richard. Yeah, you pollution know. is closer to the ground. You know, actually, <laughs> the the air they breathe is more dangerous than the air adults breathe. Believe it or not. But okay.
2: well, there you go. They're in the stroller. Right. But you mean That's the right the there.
1: stroller as a kind of little throne. <laughs> yes, I, I think of them as little kings and queens, you know. Lord oh, and even. they
2: grow up to be uh, quite mighty kings and queens, too, in, the, in terms of the way they treat their uh, their parents. But the parents deserve it, I'm afraid.
1: Absolutely. No, but yeah. let them let hit the ground running. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, I, I was... What is it? Um, okay, I was about to get to Paul Farmer in Haiti, but... Um, yes, if you've got $5 to spare, send it to Paul Farmer in Haiti, because... Uh, Things down there couldn't be worse. I think probably that's the spot uh, on Earth where the most heartbreak will. Okay, Jennifer, I have to say before you go that I'm in favor of strollers, okay? I just want to, there are other people out there, I'm just speaking for the masses.